and welcome to Baseball Barbecue. I'm Jake Mintz. That is Jordan Schusterman. Now, we know this is not usually when we release a podcast. What the hell is going on? What, this is, what is bonus. On? Bonus yeah. Jonas, Jordan. Bonus yes. Jonas content. Bonus Baseball Barbecue. Um, if you're a baseball fan, you've probably seen that there is a pretty cool baseball doc that just came out uh, on ESPN. Long Gone Summer, all about the 98 home run chase. Uh, and it was directed by Mr. AJ Schnack, who we just had a lovely conversation with, which you are about to hear. And um, yeah, I mean, this is one of the biggest stories in baseball history. And now we finally have a pretty extensive doc on it. And so we got to talk to the director. And I'll say for Jordan and I, who were three years old at the time and don't remember any of it, it was super awesome to like live it out for the first time in our lives. And I think talking to AJ even elevated it. Uh, more than that, so strap on in and give it a listen. And we are now very excited to be joined by the director of Long Gone Summer. It is Mr. AJ Schnack. AJ, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. The first thing that jumps out at me about the documentary is that it is a great title. It is an outstanding title for a documentary. So how does the title process brainstorming go? This one just kind of came to me uh, in the middle of last summer while we were shooting. You know, we were just trying to think about what to call it. And you want to do something that's something somewhat evocative, but isn't like maybe too on the nose. Um, I had no idea that we would the film would come out in, in what may be our <laughs> long gone summer of pandemic. Um, so yeah, it, it has a almost has a double meaning now. But um, yeah, I remember I, I told it to Mark that that was my idea for the title of the film, and he looked at me sort of quizzically, and I was like, ah, maybe I've made a horrible mistake <laughs> that this is what I'm calling it. Uh, but yeah, I'm really happy with it now. Uh, so I don't know when you first started thinking about making this film. I don't know what the earliest stages were, but uh, was I'm it 1998? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, 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 I'm definitely curious what your experience was in 1998 because, not to make you feel older, we were three, so we yeah. only like Sammy Sosa was one of my first favorite players, but that was more in like 2000, 2001. So what I'm curious about with this documentary is why why now why are we telling this story now like i'm i'm i love reliving this and learning about this but what inspired you to make this film uh at this time i mean a little background on me I grew up outside of st louis was a huge cardinal fan as a kid um a lot of cubs fans also in my immediate family so that rivalry real big um you know what by the time the 98 season uh had, had come about i i was living in la working in film um, and, uh, you know, had kind of like lost track of baseball a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit because of the strike, maybe because the Cardinals had not been that good, um, you know, in, in the nineties and, you know, had a little tough time uh, then I'm a bigger Dodger fan now than I was, but a little t- tough time trying to any shift any allegiances. Um, and when, you know, when this, uh, home run chase started happening, I mean, for one thing, you know, it was really easy to watch Cardinal games on television because every single one was broadcast, it seemed like. Um, so everything just kind of shut down. Everyone in my office, we would just, you know, grab some beers and they're like headed in where the TV was. And, you know, instead of playing Nintendo 64, we watched, uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know, was 64 out then? No, no clue. But we would watch the games um, and, uh, and, and just get really into reliving um, a lot of my memories of growing up with, with baseball and, and being a, a Cardinal fan. And um, 
So it was a big time in my baseball fandom. And, uh, you know, flash forward then 19 years, and uh, I'm a filmmaker and talking to ESPN about doing a project together. And they're asking me, you know, what I'd be interested in doing. And um, obviously, I I just assumed there must be a big reason why this story had not been a 30 for 30 before. Um, And I think it was just, you know, it wasn't the right timing. People weren't ready to do it. And and they said, you know, look, if you want to try to get these guys, um, you know, be our guest. <laughs> so I set out to do that. And uh, about a year, a little more than a year later, I came back uh, with uh, Mark and Sammy's permission and, and saying that they would be in it um, and do the kind of interviews we wanted to do. And, uh, here we are. Because you can't do it without them, right? Yeah, like it's, no. and, and you couldn't have gotten them eight years ago, five years ago, 10 years. Like it, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I really think in part we were helped. There was even a little uh, resistance isn't the right word. Just, you know, why? Why do this now? I think was kind of the, the thing for both of them. And also, like, who are you? Like, who the hell are you to come around here and tell us you want to make a movie about us? Um, so that was definitely part of it. Um, at the same time, we didn't try to get it ready uh, for the 20th anniversary of the season. But I think that the, the attention to it having been 20 years... Um, that that boosted just a little bit of the nostalgia and how people were looking at that season. I think that softened both of them a little bit uh, toward the idea of okay, maybe this is the right time. And you know, if someone's going to tell it, at least it's somebody who who grew up in the middle of uh, you know this rivalry. I, I don't want to speak for every baseball fan, but no one is like mad at Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa anymore. And anybody who's still harboring that energy, like that's kind of their own problem at this point, right? Like that was one of my takeaways from watching the documentary. It was like, oh my God, this was like the coolest thing of all time. And if you watch it back and you're mad, like why? There are still people who are mad, I will say. Like, um, you know, I, I, I've heard from, from some of them. Um, you know, I, I think the reality is that um, these guys have had to carry a lot of the weight of our disappointment over the steroid era. Um, and you know, one of the goals of the film, there are a few goals. One of one of them is to put you back in that moment for you know, you guys, you, you know, you're for three, four. You don't remember like how this was bigger than baseball, it was bigger than sports. Like everybody in America was talking about it. You'd go to the coffee shop and you'd hear people speculating as to who was going to end the season with the record. Um, like the was, scene with the kids raising their hands, like yeah. that stands out to me as that. Yeah, no, I mean, like the, where you'd have an entire classroom of kids say, like, we're going to watch this baseball game tonight. Yeah. That's that's crazy, and just the notion of any regular season baseball thing like making it that, that that making that kind of dent is almost inconceivable for us as the biggest baseball fans in the world. But like that that really came across was like how big of a deal it was. So um, yeah, and so wanting to put people back in in that moment and and all the emotion and excitement that it felt felt like, um, but you know, then it's like you know I also want to just give a little bit of perspective. You know that this was. Um, you know, this isn't the only black eye baseball has had. Um, this isn't the only era in baseball that isn't fully righteous. This isn't the only time that people have taken something um, that was against the law. Um, so, you know, a little bit of perspective over that. And, and also just to, sh- to show like, you know, this culture that was happening in the 90s where everybody decided like, we're going to get like built large these huge muscles yeah. Um, you know, I grew up with the Whitey Ball era Cardinals and you look back at those teams today and like, you can't, they're so skinny. Like they, they, they look like they can't run around the bases without breaking something. Right. Um, and people were getting, you know, to be huge 
and openly talking about the, the, the weird supplements that they were starting to take. And, you know, a couple of clips we have in the film of players just openly talking about how much they will take creatine. They'll take as much as they like and they don't care. I mean, Craig Biggio looking like a, like a farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, this was the era this was going on. It was in front of everybody. Um, viewers weren't looking at it. Writers weren't looking at it. Um, Certainly, Major League Baseball was not looking at it. Nobody seemed to care until we suddenly cared a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it was like, you know, these guys are the worst uh, people in the world. So a little bit, I hope, uh, you know, get a little bit of balance back to the discussion of what happened during that season and, and, and really during baseball in the 90s in general. So, right, the steroid era is something that, right, we only remember bits and pieces of, but we are still pretty big Barry Bonds fans in retrospect. Sammy Sosa was one of my favorite players when I was younger. Um, I'm curious, uh, especially as you have got the opportunity to talk to Sosa and McGuire, um, McGuire, who is on the record admitting Sosa, who is not, um, it's, how did those conversations go? I mean, we see some of it in the doc, but was that, uh, an interesting experience kind of asking those pointed questions to both of them when they're very different in terms of what they're on the record about? Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not your favorite. I don't set out to make a bunch of like gotcha movies. I, you know, I haven't done like the investigative takedown films that, you know, some of my colleagues do very well. Um, so, you know, and, and I, I actually, you know, when I'm, I feel it's a collaboration when you're working with, with subjects, you know, it, it's, you're asking them to give you a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I try to respect that, but I, I was upfront from the beginning that we were going to have to talk about um, this, this, what we know now about uh, the nineties with both of them. And, you know, it's clear when, when we, when the topic goes to that, that neither of them are, you know, they're not like going like, okay, great. <laughs> Let's yeah, dive into this. Um, you know, it's not the, the thing that they're most happy to talk about. I think, you know, the, the, the biggest difference to me, even more so than that Mark has, I've been pretty open about what he did and, and uh, when he did it and how he feels it did or didn't affect his performance and Sammy's, you know, refusal to, to say uh, anything other than that, that he didn't, um, you know, is the fact of, of their, their history with baseball after we found out about steroids. So for Mark, he gets a whole second act in baseball where he's a coach for Cardinals, Takes the you know goes to the World Series. He's got David Fries and Albert Pujols crediting him with helping them become better hitters and, and winning that World Series for the Cardinals. Uh, goes to the Dodgers. Goes to the Padres. No one you talk to at any of those organizations has anything but the highest regard for him as a coach and for what he was able to do for young players. Um, and he did it all pretty anonymously. I mean, there was it was hard for us actually. We tried to find a bunch of photos of him as a coach or footage of him as a coach very difficult to track down because he's just like, he's just nose to the grindstone, head down. I'm going to do this. I'm still to this day shocked that he let me film him in the dugout <laughs> with the Padres and let me yeah. put a microphone on him. I was going to say like, so can't I, believe I, that happened. I feel like the, the Padres have just gotten rid of all footage from like 2017. <laughs> like, we don't need you to see our games. Don't worry. But, but I, I'm glad you bring that up because I remember um, when McGuire first became a coach and when he first, I think it was 10 years ago or whatever. And I was always like, that's Mark McGuire. Like what? And we're, every time they would pan to him in the dugout and I know a hitting coach, they're not getting as much TV time, but it's, it's, it's crazy. He's to be that famous. And then to somehow get that out of the spotlight is, is really hard to fathom. I want to, 
Yeah. I want to ask, why don't you think Sosa got that opportunity? You know, I think in part he, you know, I'm not totally in his head and I'm just going off of the conversations I've had with other and others and some speculation from discussions I've had with him off camera. Um, you know, he's a proud guy and I think he just feels, you know, that the end of his career didn't go, you know, the way that it should have. Um, Certainly, I think he has regrets over what, how he left the Cubs and what happened on the last day of the season. I know he doesn't think that's his, his best day. Um, but, you know, in spite of all of that, I think he, he felt like I'm going to be like most superstar players, all-century players, that when my time as a player is over, I'll be an ambassador for the Cubs or for baseball in general. Like, I'll be welcomed back to be around the game. And... For whatever reason, maybe because you know he did, had developed a bit of a bad reputation, um, he he didn't get that, and so he went off and, and did all of his business interests, and you know kind of separated himself from the game, but always in the back of his head. And certainly now he wishes that he was um, welcomed back and, and and could go go back to Wrigley and and be embraced by the fans again. Yeah, and we, I mean, you touch on that kind of at the end. Um, and we don't know if he necessarily wanted to go be a coach and spend however many games in the dugout, but uh, it is it is strange. It is a fascinating contrast uh, between like the fact that two. he hasn't been at Wrigley Field in ten years after probably longer know, than ten years, right? I mean, of like yeah. after ten years of sending it into a frenzy every night. Yeah, it's so kind of crazy to think about. It's really super unusual. I mean, I, I there's no other. You can't point to any other relationship in sports. Uh, that it is a parallel, um, you know, to have an all-century player who really you built your franchise on for almost a decade, and that person is is not not welcome. Um, yeah, I, I don't. It's it's odd. <laughs> it's really it is, super. It odd. is it is very odd. Uh, so you talked to McGuire, you talked to Sosa, which is awesome. Um, who is another interview? If you could have one interview, maybe someone you tried to get or they couldn't, or you think would have, you know, made, gave the doc another level. Um, you talked to a lot of great people. Let's talk to our ringer colleague, Ben Lindbergh. Shouts out to Ben. Um, but who, who's one interview you wish you could have had uh, for this doc? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there's some, we left some of our interviews, didn't make the film. Um, so, you know, we did over 40 and it was kind of, I, I, I always keep thinking, my real regret is that I know everyone was so good and there were so many great bits that people... Um, people said uh, that didn't didn't make it in. Um, you know, I, I think that had we the time, which we didn't, it's, it was tough to kind of get as much information as we wanted in about the two guys and their histories, and even then to still like have a full act at the end to to tackle like you know the steroid era. Um, it would have been great to spend a little more time on Griffey and then a bit about how his chase affected the city of, of Seattle. That was something certainly we talked about at the beginning, including trying to like, you know, include that um, now being on the other side of the editing process. I don't even know if we would have been able to do that justice um, just to have another person in and the, the, the total cap on, on our runtime that ESPN right. gave us. Um, like Griffey in Seattle is a whole other documentary. It's a whole other thing. And he's, he's a completely different kind of player. And, um, you know, I, we, Mark said such great things about him. You know, we wanted to let Mark kind of say all the reasons why he wished he was a, a, a player like, like Griffey. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the thing, but it would have been, it would have been tough if we had gotten all that stuff. I want to, I want to ask about, um, 
kind of the beginning when you started this, you know, you're there in 98, you're a Cardinals fan, you're watching this, I'm sure it's crazy, and you you lived it, so it's not like you you remember those things. But now you made the film, what is something that you learned during this process that you did not realize? We certainly learned a lot, right? Because there are parts of it, the day-to-day, that we didn't know. Um, but as someone who was there, what is something you learned about the chase uh, as you did this film? Tons of stuff that I forgot. Um, I mean, we were just talking about Griffey. I, you know, I had kind of forgotten that he had been deep in it you know, all the way into August. And it wasn't until he kind of had like a three-week stretch with only one homer that, uh, that he fell out. Um, I had forgotten, or maybe didn't know, because Mark, you know, hits uh, you know two home runs in the same game. But that, that Sammy actually went ahead in August uh, in, on the nineteenth at Wrigley. Um, and funny thing is, I, I showed a, a rough cut of the film to to Mark, and uh, he was like, "I don't remember that." He didn't remember <laughs> that that Sammy had taken uh, the lead either. And I kind of always, I guess, I I thought that because of what was happening around sixty two, that Sammy was like two or three back. I, I I guess I thought that Sammy was always like about two or three back until that last weekend. I knew that Sammy had gotten to 66 first. Um, but I was shocked at how many times they were tied or how many times, um, you know, the fact that Sosa had gone ahead in, in August, that it was, it was a much tighter race down the, the stretch uh, than, than I remembered. Uh, and then just from the, you know, the personal stories that, you know, I just, uh, I knew because I had done, so much research that when I was starting to hear from from Mark, uh, from Tony Larusa, you know, like at one point during Larusa, he tells this story, which is in the film uh, about something that happens that last weekend. Um, you know, I said to him when he was done, I was like, "Oh, I've never heard that before," and he was like, "Nobody has." Um, <laughs> and I was that's, like, "Oh, that's, well, that's sweet. when you know, like." All right, I'm doing something right here. Yeah, no, we're on the right track. And definitely there were things with McGuire. I was like, I don't think he's talked about this publicly before. Right. So a um, lot of little details, little stories that popped up. But um, yeah, just kind of reminding myself of how big it was and how close it was uh, until the end. Some of the footage that was stunning to me was the press conferences they did together. Um, I don't know, maybe not as, you know, the last dance has all these footage that no one's ever seen. I don't know how much of this footage is people that never seen. I certainly hadn't seen a lot of it. Was there any footage or like clip or moment in the doc that stands out to you as, cause I, I, I think, I think I had seen the video of them on the back of the golf cart, uh, driving away, but, um, any, any moments or shots that, that really stick with you as, as kind of, uh, iconic from, from the, from the movie. Well, the you know MLB sent out uh, guys with film cameras um, for that Chicago series, and then for the, the those St. Louis games in early September. Um, some of that uh, made it into a, a doc that MLB put out, like a one-hour doc, uh, which I think you can find on YouTube. Um, so some of that had been seen before, but but most of it you hadn't, um, and uh, that was uh, knowing that was pretty exciting in part just because the footage still looks so good as opposed to some of these games where you're just like, you know, didn't anybody know to like keep this more pristine? Like this is an important game. Um, But even beyond what we got from MLB, some of the stuff that was really exciting to me, uh, it became such a national story that ABC did a one hour special hosted by Charlie Gibson from Cooperstown. Uh, the, right before this series in St. Louis. And so they had sent out camera people to, uh, to St. Louis, down to Florida, where Mark hit four home runs to go from 56 uh, to, or 55 to 59. 
And so there was a lot of archival raw footage, which was not in that special and which has never seen the light of day. And that was some of the stuff that I was really excited about because that's, that's when it's becoming like a frenzy and really exciting. So a lot of, you, you can kind of see like there's that buildup through Florida and then we start seeing a bunch of archival. And a lot of that came from the ABC footage of, of, uh, that they had been shooting at that time. How did making this film change your relationship with baseball, with Major League Baseball right now? Well, one of the best byproducts of making the film last year was I, I went to so many games in so many stadiums. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, I live uh, relatively close to Dodger Stadium. I think it's the best place in the world to see a, a baseball game. Uh, I love that stadium. I love going there as much as possible. But, you know, to go and see games uh, in, the, in the Nationals ballpark in Washington and, you know, to be in Wrigley Field for the first time ever, to be back in St. Louis. Um, you know, it was, uh, it reminded me that it's not just about my, my love of baseball isn't just about my feelings about the Cardinals or now the Dodgers as well. You know, it is about the rhythms of being at the ballpark and, you know, what it's like to sit and be watching a game with your, with your friends and um, having a beer and like just the, the whole experience of it. Um, just made me so excited all winter long, you know, about like, wow, I can't believe the 2020 baseball season is going to come. I'm going to go to so many games. <laughs> it's going to be so great. I, will, I'm, I may travel. I may go up and I've never seen a game in San Francisco. I'll go up there. Um, yeah. So none of that's happened. But I, but my, yes, my love was, was certainly uh, refu refired and refueled. Uh, by yeah. Megan. That's killer though. That's, that's difficult timing to like, fall back into it and then like, Oh, now it's gone. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, I think something that the movie does, the doc captures really well is the sense of wonder that made that year so different mm -hmm. from that, 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 that wonder we see in the postseason all the time, every year. Right. What were ways in building out the documentary where you were trying to capture that wonder? Part of it was just to, were there visual ways to show how it built through the season, which was kind of a, it was a little bit of a challenge because you know this was a a race that people were talking about in spring training, you know. So like the the expectation that this was going to be the year, um, you know, that was there from 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 the beginning, and so you know it, it wasn't uh, entirely like there was a light switch turned on and everybody was like, Oh wait, we're in the middle of a home run race. You know, like it was actually something that was kind of always in the background and, <clears throat> you know, certainly wasn't going to involve Sosa until he hits 20 in June, but it was, uh, it was there. Um, but really in discovering the, this, in some of the MLB footage that hadn't been seen of uh, the ways in which that Chicago series um, that was kind of the beginning of it where people were like, okay, this storyline is about these two guys. Um, and they're, they're one of these guys is going to be the one to do it and trying to find all the visual ways to tell that. Um, cause you know, it's, you can have people in all the interviews we do saying like, it was crazy or it was madness or it was, you know, whatever, but you want to see, you know, the evidence of that. And, and it's funny, like one of the last shots I, I put into the film when Mark is talking about his comments about being a caged animal and feeling like there were 30 people around him. Um, it came in the very last uh, archive that, that came in like three weeks ago. Um, and I saw the shot and I was like, there it is. And I can put it in, in the movie. Um, but you, you're looking for that kind of stuff 
all the time, you know, to, to tell it, tell it visually, not just in terms of people's recollection. Uh, last question for you. Um, and this might throw Jake off, but that's okay. I'm allowed to do that sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm curious about the music and I'm curious about how you picked Jeff Tweedy. And I know he has Chicago and St. Louis ties. And I know he is a baseball fan to some degree. Um, but just talk a little bit about how that came about. That did throw me off. You were right. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, uh, I knew that Jeff grew up uh, a town about two towns south of where I grew up. Uh, he's a little older than me. I was big Uncle Tupelo fan, big Wilco fan. Uh, knew he was a baseball fan. Uh, seemed like a, a big ask. I told ESPN I wanted to try to go get him to do it. Um, you know, never knowing if it was possible. I'd, I'd had some luck in the past. I, uh, I made a film about Kurt Cobain that uh, Ben Gibbard was one of the composers on. Uh, I've worked with a, a great composer, uh, Mark Degley and Tony, who was in a band called Soul Coughing that I liked a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I'd had some success, you know, having the opportunity to work with established uh, musicians, but you had no clue if he'd want to do it. Uh, and that was just a, when he said yes. And I actually woke up on my birthday last year and in my email box was 20 tracks from him uh, for the movie. And, and that, was, uh, that was a great like, way to start my birthday. Um, I, I think his score is uh, really fantastic. Uh, you know, there's some stuff that we were able to do with it, um, along with the MLB archive. As we get into like those high 50s, into 60, 61, 62, I think it's. Um, uh, I'm really excited for people to to both see it and hear it. Uh, I think it's quite tremendous. Right. It is. It, it's unusual in a good way. Like it is. It, it tells the story in a very uh, interesting way. So. There you yeah. go. I think that's all I got uh, for you, AJ. I mean, we could talk dingers all day long. Um, yeah. but... <laughs> I, I have I have a more quick one. Cardinals, yeah, sure. Dodgers, uh, NLCS, who are you rooting for? Oh, you know what? I uh, In my my head will tell you that I think I want the Dodgers to go all the way because I want the Dodgers uh, to uh, to win that World Series again. And certainly against any other team, I'm, I'm 100% Dodgers. Um, but the last time they were in the playoffs together, I told myself that before the playoffs started. And once it started, I, I just resulted back to my, my, my cardinal. <laughs> to, to cardinal I, just, I just could not, I couldn't do it all the way. My daughter is a big a Dodger fan. So she's bouncing me out when, when that happens. Well, there, well, there you go. That, that's fair. They, sometimes your instincts kick in. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're born a certain way, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, AJ, again, thank you so much for joining us. Really enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the documentary as we did. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, do you guys want to do an outro at all or no? I think it's fine. I, was, I don't think That was fine. the podcast. <laughs> <Goodbye>. <laughs> I'm putting that in. <laughs>